What is up, everybody? Happy money, whatever data ends and why you're tuning in. And welcome back to another episode of the Win-Win Effect Show presented by Winject Studios. I am your host, Chris Ross. And if you're new to us, welcome. Really excited and blessed to have you here for the first time. The outcome of this show is to inspire and help you, our listeners, to manifest anything you want out of life. How I go about achieving this is with my philosophy. One heartbeat, one mission, one outcome. And that only leads to you adopt the proper behaviors that will take you to another level of thinking. For today's episode, we have an opportunity to pick the brain of a board-certified psychiatrist with over 20 years of experience and 50,000 hours of serving clients face-to-face. Dr. Manuel Astrak specializes in burnout, addiction, and mental health for entrepreneurs. What makes him so relatable, he uses his own story of burnout inspired by a better conversation about how to avoid and overcome the damaging effects of burnout. Today, we'll investigate and unpack the short-term and long-term effects of what can happen in your life and in business. If you are someone or you know someone close to you that deals with battling stress and mental exhaustion and they're a high achiever, this episode will be a game changer. Before I kick this up a couple notches and dive right in, text us at 843-396-2104. You have any questions or any feedback about today's episode. Stand by for a quick message and enjoy today's show. This podcast is part of the Winject Studios Network where podcasters come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how to apply to join the network, go to www.winject.com. That's W-I-N-J-E-C-T dot com. If you're ready to make a difference through podcasting, then we're ready to see you there. All right, what's up, everybody? As you can see, I have the Dr. Manuel Astrak on the line today. What is up, my man? You doing all right? I'm doing great. This is, uh, I'm so happy to be here. This is exciting. Mm, very excited. I've been looking forward to this. I know that we've moved a couple different times and trying to figure out the best time to be able to serve the audiences and, and your audience and this audience and giving you a platform to share some of, you know, some of the things that you've had to overcome in your life, your story, the things that you're doing right now. You've done a lot of things. I mean, you have a lot of depth to your story, and there's a lot of pivotal moments in your life that I think that the listeners need to hear because, you know, I've, I've been on a spiritual journey myself, you know, and I think everyone's on their own journey, but when they realize they're actually on a journey, <laughs> not just going through life, if that makes sense. But for the most part, I guess we can kind of give a little bit more context on, you know, who you are, what you're about, what you're doing right now, what you're passionate about. How would you kind of like to describe yourself to someone brand new? Like, well, what do I do for a living? Like, well, let me tell you why I do it. I mean, but how would you kind of describe that? So I'm a psychiatrist. I've been a psychiatrist for over 20 years. And about 12 years ago, I got completely burnt out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was September 2008. And I hit a bottom with, with burnout. And I had hit lots of bottoms before. You know, I've had problems with, with alcohol and I've had problems with depression. But, but mm-hmm. that one was hard. And what made it particularly hard was that the month before, my twin sister, Magdalena, had passed away from uh, brain cancer. And she had handled her illness with just so much grace and love and, and mm-hmm. good spirits and good humor. Uh, 
and it was just striking to me how miserable I was and I was healthy and I had a successful practice and how she had handled a really, really hard time um, that it inspired me. I was literally looking at a picture of her one Saturday afternoon as the sun was going down and in the picture she's beaming. She's like literally glowing, smiling right. while she was going through chemo. And, and I made a decision that I was going to enjoy the ride no matter what. And that has uh, just led to this journey, right? For, for the last 12 years of trying different things and doing different things and, and ultimately really finding that, you know, I want to have a bigger impact in the world than I was yeah. having in, in my private practice, which I still do. My, my days don't look that much different, but now I do shows like this, right? Podcast. Mm -hmm. um, I have some messages to spread and, and some um, benefits that I, I want to share out there. And it's really just been a, a remarkable journey uh, that I've really enjoyed. So I committed to enjoying the ride and I have been. Right. And it shows in everything you do. And, and, and I know that we've had other conversations just for the listeners. I mean, that's something we do share together. You know, you lost your sister. I lost mine as well. Different obviously situations, but when you mentioned something, just, just, just a touch on it and not to go all the way in depth on this, just right from the jump street. Cause someone did that to me. i like right off the juggler, like what went right in. I was like, Whoa, Hey, <laughs> like, develop rapport, bro. Like relax. <laughs> like, yeah, I have talked about my sister and that's a huge competitive advantage for myself, but you got to realize that that's a lot of pain, a lot of adversity I've had to overcome to get to where, where I'm at today and what makes me impactful for the world is I had to align all these processes, but just to touch on something you, you think it was an accident that the fact that the sun was coming down at that time and it was gleaming on that photo for you looking at that and you to take in the feelings that you felt when you seen her face going through chemo. Um, no, it, 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 it wasn't an accident. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was literally at the end of my 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 rope, you know. Yeah. I was feeling so many pressures, and and one day looked like the next. There was a treadmill, and I didn't see things ever changing. I was just going to be working mm. hard the rest of my life, and um, it was no accident that her picture was in front of me. It was no accident the light was the, the way that it was, and mm -hmm. it was no accident that that picture was was taken when it was taken, so that it could give me a kick in the head. In a moment of inspiration, really, um, to, to allow me to do something um, that uh, I, I didn't know I was capable of even dreaming this big. And that was a big moment for you. And it was a lot of moments in everyone else's life that your intuition and you put your put yourself in a situation where you're trying to create a different life and a different narrative, but you have different perspective, but you need to be present to be able to experience it. And that's where I see a lot of people right now. They're not present enough in that moment because your past doesn't matter. Your future is you can create, but for only way for you to do that, you need to be present enough to be able to manifest that and make the right decisions and choices. You talk a lot about that in, in a lot of your content, a lot of things that I watched and a lot of things from me pre preparing myself for this. Because I don't like to just go on to a meet. Just even if I have a, a relationship with you or a relationship with any other guest, I don't want to take that lightly. I want to make sure that I'm going to really extract the information for listeners. That's what it's all about. You mentioned you get to go on shows and you're you're spreading your message, and that's that's really impactful. And people need to hear that. 
because there is a system behind it, framework behind it, but there's a lot of meaning behind it. Can you shine a light on like the, the meaningful side and, and why it's so important for you to discover that purpose in life for you to be able to manifest the life of your dreams? Everybody hits bottoms. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I like to do when I come on to shows like this, you know, I, I take off my psychiatrist hat and I put on my <laughs> coaching hat because I can mm-hmm. talk a lot more personally about hitting bottoms, not just from a patient's hit bottom, but I don't. Um, it's like I have hit multiple bottoms mm-hmm. and the the bottoms that we hit in life will take us to our knees um, and uh, people die. Uh, people suffer. People have uh really difficult experiences when they're hitting a bottom. And the message I want to spread is that, you know, the uh, you're not alone. Like yeah, everybody wow. has that happen. Even the people who are professionals helping everybody else. Mm-hmm. Number one, you are not alone. Number two, there is hope. And Number three is change is possible. Mm-hmm. And if people can remember those three things, you know, I've been, whatever else we talk about here, all the, all the awesome stuff we can like, you know, kind of go down various rabbit holes. You know, those three things to remember for yourself and also to be able to help someone support them. You know, you don't have to be alone. There is hope. And um, change is possible when you hit those bottoms. You know, that can be the little piece of hope and, and nudging that gets someone to the other side. Because what we ultimately need at those times, I think, are paradigm shifts, right? Yes, so, so something has to change inside us. And it, it's generally not because we're so smart. It's really the gift of desperation that you know, like, yeah. like lifts us up. Now, that's the times, the greatest things in your life that you can manifest are always going to come from the darkest moments and the times in your life. If you are going to take that as an opportunity, one thing I do love from some of your content and especially your message, and and I share something very similar. And this is where I started, I guess, starting and really embracing adversity and embracing pain as much as I could, because I realized that that was a major catalyst to get me out of that, that moment. Cause I needed to feel like my back was against the wall to be able to fight out. Yeah. But if you, for me, if I had a bunch of options, I'm not going to lean into it. <laughs> you know I mean, so I'm like, I had to put my back against the wall. And then one question I think you ask yourself and a lot of other people do is like, what is the answer to the question that you've been pottering for years? Like that's the, one of the biggest questions that stuck out to me in your content. Can you, can you expand on that and why that's so impactful? Oh, that's, that's, that's a fun story for me. Um, so 12 years ago, I start down this journey and I'm a psychiatrist and I have no knowledge besides, you know, my psychiatry stuff. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm good at what I do. Um, but I realized that I had to gain some skill sets and, and that's part of the journey. It's part of the enjoyment and the happiness nowadays is learning and growing and I'm not yeah. a finished product. But I went to a marketing conference. Um, and, uh, first kind of business conference that I'd gone to and there's, there's a a table 
uh, and we're going, people are going down and explaining their business problems and how they want, you know, help solving whatever challenges they have with their business. And I was sweating bullets. I had no idea what I was <laughs> going to say. I'm a psychiatrist and I'm, I'm at a business conference. Um, so I explained a little bit about, you know, my, my mission and that, you know, I want to reach more people and I want to do something and I'm not sure what it is and so on and so forth. And someone from across the tables says to me, um, what's the one thing that you could tell people to change their lives? And it was a great question, mm -hmm. but I didn't even take a swing at it. I, I, I just <laughs> I, I like, oh, that's man, that's too complicated a question. Like, like everybody's different and there's no way one thing could help everybody. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I just waffled on it, but I, I thought about it for years and, and over time, I've come up with a list and I, I think about them and I move things up and down. But the, the, the number one thing that I would tell people is that there is choice. Yes. Right? Love this. We, we have choice in terms of what we think, the attitude we show up with. We have choice in what we believe. We have choice in how we are showing up in our lives each and every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and when we remember that, there's a quote from Viktor Frankl from Man's Search for Meaning. And it goes something along the lines like, you know, um, everything can be taken from a man, but the one thing, the power to choose your attitude, no matter what the circumstances. Wow. And, yeah, and he it. said that while he was in a prisoner of war camp. Mm -hmm. um, so that that is really... The, the number one thing I would uh, tell people if, you know, I wanted to have an impact in their life, you have choice. And that choice, and just to kind of shine a light on that story, and I do know the story. And I, I've read somewhere, I think it was maybe it was Nelson Mandela or someone, I don't know who it was. And he's like, I've been, yeah, I might be in prison here within these walls, but my mind's not in prison. Right. That's a choice. Right. Right. You're choosing to tell your own story to change your perspective in life. But there's two other things. There's one other thing other than attitude you can make a decision on in choice every single day. And that's how much effort you put into yourself and to everything. Those are two things that require zero <laughs> talent. You know what I mean? You can't buy the store, but if you put in that, you have, you put in the effort and through that effort. And if you have a positive mindset and you're choosing to look at the the brighter side of things and being grateful, then it's, you know, it's really difficult. If you're, if you're in a grateful state, you can't be upset about something. It's almost impossible. I mean, would you, would you agree with that? No, hundred percent. And I've got like 10 different thoughts running through my head. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. When I went to ask the question, I was like, oh, I can keep going. I was like, but no, I'm going to let up. I'm, I'm going to team up. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so with choice, one of the paradigm shifts that occurs when you're looking at your choice is that you're putting the focus on yourself yep. and you're taking the power away from the circumstances, mm -hmm. right? So that, that's always empowering. We're now acting from where we have influence instead of all those things that we don't have influence uh, mm -hmm. around. Um, 
And then in, in terms of gratitude, absolutely, you know, showing up with, with curiosity, openness, gratitude, there's so much that's within our grasp that, that we can tune into, like all the great traditions, all the wisdoms from the world talk about these things and, and um, they're, they're easy to, to, to kind of incorporate, but they're also easy not to. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of effort. Uh, you know, the term I like to use just to make myself sound smart is, you know, discretionary effort, right? <laughs> uh, are you flexing, flexing your dot, you know what I mean? MD or PhD there. That's my $10 word, right? So discretionary <laughs> effort is that, um, you know, we do have choice how much effort we put mm-hmm. into things. And one of the interesting things that I'll often talk about is like the super, super high performance athletes in the world, their, their coaching is often to keep them from blowing themselves up because they're going at their training so hard, right? The discretionary effort is like, like maxed out where they're always in danger of blowing up. And the coaching often there is really to like slow it down. So sometimes we need to push ourselves up and and then sometimes we also need to remember that you know that rest and recoveries is is also an important part of the the overall body of work that we're trying to do mm-hmm. greeks have a you know saying is like know thyself but that's the whole yeah. illusion in life that no one really truly knows themselves because every day is a choice and a decision and an opportunity for you to grow and every day you should be growing that's where I kind of, when I read that for the first time, I didn't feel the same way. I didn't resonate with me. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's whatever. That's, that's cool. Know thyself. All right, I get it. And I moved on. But then as I went through my journey and sort of going down that role and that rabbit hole and started discovering more things about myself, that it was, I was desperate to make that change. I needed to make that change. And that's one of the questions that I wanted to ask you at some point of this interview. And and I think that I don't really hear it a lot in the marketplace and I don't hear it a lot in podcasts. You know how you have influencers or you have, I don't know, someone called me an influencer. I was like, what the, no. I, all I do is I interview guests and I, I have a great time on podcasts. Love what I do for a living. But if it shares, if it helps one person we share, great. But the question I wanted to ask and kind of like goes into people out there portraying themselves to be somebody they're not truly. I can see through them. And I know you can because of what you do for a living. They're like speaking all the things that everyone's talking about. Like, you know, know thyself and like lean into adversity and hustle and blah, 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 blah. Right. But when they're not eating their own dog food or practicing what they're preaching and I can see right through the behavioral patterns and see that the cycle's not all the way there and they're not plugged into their energy source. What are some things that, what are some ways for the listeners to take a look at that type of person if they're not living and, and breathing and, you know, like sharing all their messages and actually living that fulfilled life and, and believing in abundance? Like, what are some things to look out for? Um, I mean, I think that the, the fact is that we all have intuition. Okay. Yep. Um, and, uh, I, I think that consistency over time um, and, and seeing what someone's life is looking like and, and how they're approaching things. You know, when people are 
uh, approaching life with generosity and openness and curiosity, um, humility, those things tend to be pretty apparent and the, the, um, our, our brain can be hijacked by marketing messages very easily. Yes. Uh, right. So the, the ability to, to, to market is, is been around. You know, one of the things I think about is as, as soon as humans were capable of imagination. So from the book Sapiens, uh, they talk about the cognitive revolution took place about 70,000 years ago, which is where Homo sapiens mm-hmm. started to, to become an invasive species for the planet, right? We started to just kind of like dominate. Um, but one of the things that they see at that time is a statue that has the body of a man with the head of a wolf. Um, and this is something that doesn't normally occur, right? So this was someone's creativity, someone telling a story, someone imagining something that doesn't exist. But as soon as we were able to do that, we were also able to lie. Right? Yeah, so the, the, the two things came together. And um, there's people who uh, are going to take advantage. And mm-hmm. there's people who are, uh, are all about them, right? Um, and they can be very persuasive. Uh, and very. I think it's, it's really, you know, our ability to, to step back and to think and to think and to wonder and to question, um, not to the extent that we're jaded, but, but really to the extent mm-hmm. that we're able to, to get a sense and a grasp of, you know, who people actually are, understanding that there's a whole gamut. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's a good point. Yeah. And let, I'm going to spin on that point just to, just for the listeners to understand. And you you mentioned, and I love that you answered it the way you did with intuition because that's where I had a kind of a sense where you would go with it because that's that gut feeling. They say, "Oh, you listen to your gut," but that's a very calm voice if you're calm enough. Well, I guess present enough to be able to embrace that intuition. And a lot of people, they don't embrace it because they're not going to have a genuine curiosity with the project or the individual or the whatever the message is to take a step back and taking their emotions out of it. Now you can't be manipulated. I mean, that's perfect the way you said that. Take the emotions out of it because what happens is we'll get the intuition like, you know, I shouldn't do that. But um, <laughs> right. our head's like, oh, everybody else is. They're going to have fun. Mm-hmm. I don't want to miss out. Um you know, and your intuition is like, you know, mom doesn't want me to do that. Uh, yeah. uh, it does. It's not what my mother and father, I wouldn't tell them that I did. Mm-hmm. So our intuition is easy to override with, with our emotions, like so easy. Um, mm-hmm. But when it's like the Jiminy Cricket, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, what, that's what these guys do. That's what they, well, not guys. I mean, girls and guys. Right. But I say that in the, <laughs> in a general form, but that's what they do. They prey on you that way. You're like, okay, listen to your gut. What is your gut telling you to do? Then they'll go, why do you feel that way? And that's the trick. Why do you feel that way? Now you're going back into the emotional side. Yeah. And they go, and and that's where scarcity or supply and demand, they'll go, well, buy, buy now. So <laughs> buy now. I've, I've been in sales for, this is why I made my bones in entrepreneurship in sales. So I, but I, what helped me be able to be, not just good, but great at that as in honing in on my craft. And I'm not trying to sound pompous. It, I was one of the best in the game at doing certain things, but I did it on the ethical side just because you need to be a lot more aligned to that and be, I'm an empath. I, I've learned that about myself. 
And especially with my older sister that passed away, I learned and developed my emotional intelligence by communicating with her non-verbally. So I've, and that's where a lot of times in my life, I got to where I was going, Doc, and I didn't know who I was because I wasn't showing up my true authentic self. I was showing up for whoever they wanted me to be. And I was living, felt like I was living multiple lives because there was a lot of different masks that I was putting on. I was still living, I was doing it in an ethical side, but I would put myself in the person's shoes hundred percent. And I think, and this is why I wanted to bring it up with you because I see a lot of doctors or psychiatrists, they take that home with them. If they, you know, they have a practice, you have very successful practice, but you burn yourself out. Did you, when you, did you burn yourself out because of you weren't a hundred percent present or knowing where to disconnect or not really be, I guess, letting other people kind of like control your own emotions on how you felt throughout your day. I, I know I struggled with this myself. That's why I'm asking. But did that, did that add up to and put fuel on the fire to lead you to burning out? So I think burnout comes, you know, there's, there's a couple of uh, fundamental parts to burnout. Um, okay. One is that that you feel like you don't have any control over mm -hmm. over outcomes. Um, you you lose that that sense of um, effectiveness. You lose touch with purpose. You mm -hmm. lose touch with autonomy. Um, and for me, what had happened there was a you know a lot of work hours that were required to um, pay the bills. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I had been divorced and, you know, uh, I had two kids with my ex-wife. My um, uh, wife then was, had two kids of herself and we had two kids together. And there was, right. you know, just a lot of demands and the, the grind of this is the work that's required. This is the amount of time that's required. Uh, was was starting to become more and more what I obsessed and worried about and then fretted about and got upset and angry. What were some of those things? What were some of the things you were obsessing about? Um, that there was no way out. I had to work okay, you know, 12 to 14 hour days. To, that to treadmill you're the, talking about. The, the bills um, mm -hmm. and that there was no end in sight. You know, it was going to be 18, 20 years, you know, whatever that that, that was going to be. Um, but the, um, you know, so... And and then the reality is that I was allowing myself to, to um, it was an excuse, um, but I didn't see that at the time, right? I, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't capable of seeing that. Um, how long did it take you to visualize? Well, how long did it take you to identify that? So, I, I mean, so we talk about different bottoms that we hit. So mm -hmm. when I yeah. had problems with alcohol, that was something that I struggled with for years before mm -hmm. it became clear there was an alcohol problem. Um, depression. I struggled with that for years. I tried everything before I got treatment for depression. I ate more, you know, green beans and <laughs> tried, tried every, <laughs> everything I could do. To, like, Does that actually work? Try. Does that actually work? No, no, it didn't work. <laughs> I heard like, that too. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Like if I had more vegetables, maybe I'll feel better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and and mm. the burnout was really years in the making, and you know the mm. the muscle that we that that I was using was a muscle that I had developed when I was you know growing up, which was work hard. Um, right. So the solution to all my problems was I can just work hard, mm. and that that's how I 
you know, did well when, when I was working at McDonald's. Um, it's how I did well in, in, you know, med school and residency and as a psychiatrist. Um, but that's, that's uh, a go-to move that will blow you up at some point, right? There's right. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I suffer from this as well. I mean, you, especially you coming, I think, um, I think you moved to the America when you were five, I, I believe. Yeah, just exactly. going off my memory. Exactly. And you're from Spain, running with the bulls up that, that area, right? And you came over here, and your dad was a MD and PhD, wasn't he? Correct. As well. Exactly. Okay. So just I'm just going off my top. Of, I, I don't have that written down anyway. I'm just going off the top of my head. But I know that when you came over here, I, you see that you see you can identify that with people coming to this country and maybe not coming from another one and not understanding English, and that's a second language. And they have to actually outwork people to get noticed. I was studying this also on this, that if they're immigrants and they're coming to another country for three generations, they're going to outwork everybody else. But then they start adapting and start mirroring their nature, mirroring their environment and atmosphere. And they'll, they'll start mirroring some of those, the Western part of the world or whatever it is. And then they'll start taking for granted all the hardship that their ancestors had to overcome. When you're looking at it that way, I mean, it's, it's difficult. And I, I know that this is more of a like a more of a longer framing of a question. I'm just trying to lead and trying to sprinkle this in for the listeners to really take it in and hone in on this. Hard work does, yeah, it does beat talent when talent doesn't work hard. It's one of my favorite quotes. But if you don't know what you're doing and it, it's actually not he- helping you and it's not serving you and you're not taking inventory, you're just going to keep going on that cycle. I'm like, I'm working hard, man. Like, why am I not moving? I'm moving in one direction, and that's direction to you and self-sabotage. You're recreating your own trauma. And that's where, for me, when I did burnout at one point, and so I know the symptoms, that's why it's it's imperative for me to take inventory every single day and measure and reassess on what I truly want for my life and what do I want to create. And that's, you don't want to recreate it. Do you see that with people, do you identify that more? And that's probably what makes you really impactful to identifying those patterns of behavior and for them to identify there's a choice and a decision that led you to here and hold them accountable. Is that part of the framework on how you go about serving? Exactly. The, um, the things that I've learned over the last 12 years, mm-hmm. I, I have worked to, to kind of package and explain and, and, and talk okay. about it in ways that we can like simplify and, and get the point that as, as to various models to think about to, to stop burnout and, and to help yourself to, to feel better in, in many arenas. Okay. So, so the model that I use um, that, that, you know, I've been working on on figuring out if this works. So number one, so four pillars. And these are my pillars for happiness and for fulfillment in life. Write this down, ladies and gentlemen, write this down. <laughs> so pillar number one is, you know, you got to remember that we're never finished products. So part of my burnout was like, this is all there is. But if I start to think, you know, I'm not a finished product. There's always room to continue to learn and to grow. And and there's a lot we can unpack with that, but that's a good pillar to start, right? We're not finished products. We can always continue to learn and to grow. Number two is connection. 
Like there is so much evidence out there that one of the um, predictors of our emotional and physical health as we age and as we look at people who've gotten older is their level of relationships. Mm -hmm. So, so doubling down, like right now, Chris, like just talking to you, developing this relationship with you is something that, that brings me pleasure and joy and helps my day go. And, and no matter what happens the rest of the day, like no one can take this away. Connection is so important. Finding yeah. a tribe, finding like-minded people, you know, associating yourself with the people that you aspire to be like and want to, to hang, you know, those are incredibly important parts. So connection. Then is blazing your own trail. Love it. Um, Love that. Love it. Yeah. So we stop living life, um, you know, kind of on a default cycle and, and we start to really think in terms of what are my unique abilities and my unique gifts and the unique things that I want in my life. It's so interesting. I, I think about this and I've been thinking about it, you know, for 20 years as I've been seeing people who are depressed and anxious. And, you know, the, the contrast is we live in a world of abundance. Mm hmm right? Like how easy is it for us to um, get our needs met, um, you know, relative to what it was like 500 years ago, a thousand years ago, you know, 70,000 years ago. Um, and when our needs get met and, you know, we, we get our job and we have a house and a car and, you know, the, the food, um, like what happens there? Like, right got to be thinking in terms of, you know, learning, growing and, and blazing a trail. And everybody can be different with that. But you can figure out for yourself that rich life for yourself, rich psychologically, rich internal life um, to, to blaze that trail for yourself. And then the, the last one was Magdalena's gift to me, which was, you know, commit to enjoying the ride no matter what. Mm. I like that. Is that is that where that painting comes from behind you? Oh, you know that that's so funny. The um, it's a painting of um, uh, a, a boat on a stormy sea with some light. Here's the story behind that. Um, not to get not to not. Oh, hey, look, squirrel! I just put two and two together finally on it, that. It is, that painting is called Perseverance, and it's um, by Thomas Kincaid. Thomas Kincaid actually committed suicide, right? Um, he was the painter of light, and he's famous for paintings of cottages in the woods with, like, interesting lights showering through. But when I opened my private practice, I was looking for a painting of a boat on the water because I like boats. I like water. Uh, I just like the pictures of them. I'm not sure that I've been on that many boats in the water. Um, but but it's just um, a calming place for me. And and I looked and I looked and, and I finally, my sister, uh, I was visiting down in Richmond, Virginia, and she's like, there's this nice new mall that's opened up. It's kind of upscale. They've got this art gallery in there. Why don't we go take a look and see if you see a painting that you like? Um, mm. and, and I saw it and I said, this is the one. And the, the thing I like about that painting, it's got the storm, right? So we all have storms. It's yeah. got a light. There is hope. And if you really look in that boat, um, there's someone who's driving the boat and then there's a light inside the cabin. And I always imagine, you know, that I'm inside the cabin and there's someone else who's driving the boat towards safety. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the kind of the spiritual aspect of the journey that, um, 
know, I don't have to be in charge of everything. I can trust the process and or you can or you can look at it or you can look at it, not to cut you off, but or you can look at it where that light is your intuition. Yeah. And you're driving the boat. Either way you look at it. You well, know, you but it, yeah, a, a lot of so that's what's fun about paintings, right? Like, I know you can you can take it. You yeah, know, like, what is this? Know, pa- I actually went to one of those things one time, and they were like, "What does this painting mean to you?" I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's uh <laughs> black and it's white and it's green. <laughs> <laughs> but the the intuition, the hope, the mm-hmm. the trust, um, and the the just kind of the acceptance. Planet Earth, there's going to be storms, right? You are going to have storms. You're going to be brought to your knees. And and the resources of remembering paradigm shifts, that's when they come. All right. And I'm going to share this for the listeners. And and, and hopefully they can take something from this piece right here he just said. You mentioned, I think, three times now, bringing you to your knees. When the universe and your life forced you and put you on your knees at that moment, what was some of your first thoughts? Um, no, I was suicidal. I was going to check out. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and there's been a handful of times in my life when, you know, that that's kind of the default. Um, I'll tell you, you know, I haven't talked about this before really. Um, but over the years that I was looking at, you know, my life as a treadmill. So this was years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, I was tired, but I was working hard. That's what I do. And I'm like, something's got to give at some point. Um, my exit strategy for years was, you know, and, and I can always check out. <laughs> like I can mm-hmm. always like kill myself if I get like too friggin' tired of all this stuff. And it's it's um, kind of humbling for me to, to think back to those times. Um, and I'll tell you what the gift in that was. So I had so many years of having this background noise, you know, even though I'm the one that's supposed to be helping other people. Um, what what uh, transformed when I committed to enjoying the ride was to say, okay, I had all this time when I was wasting um, just with with that thought, um, that that plan that was just really not a good plan. Um, I'm going to give myself a really long runway to undo that damage of, you know, creativity and, and how I could have approached. So, so that really allowed me to give myself the grace to say, okay, this may take a while, but it's okay. Cause, cause you know, it took you a while to get into the woods this far. Right. Um, yeah. That, that was Good the point. of turning around and, and saying, you know, that's off the table. Then what I better get creative and start looking at, you know, mm-hmm. growing, learning, changing, having an impact, you know, whatever it's going to, be but you know that is now off the table that particular plan was not taking me in a good direction mm. that's a you know and, and thank you for sharing that a lot of people they they, they would probably maybe they're just shy away from sharing their first thought i'm like i'm gonna check out i know for myself that thought might have been there but i didn't entertain that thought long just because i, I went i put just like everything else I've done in my life, I'm an impasse. I put myself in my mom and dad's world for a second of losing another child. And I was like, I can't, I would never be able to, I watched them try to overcome that feeling and that, you know, that loss in life. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the one that, you know what I mean? That allows them to suffer more. And, and I mean, that's, that's a, Awesome point. The um, you know, the reality is that the thought was there, 
whether that would have ever happened, I, I don't know. But as soon as we get out of our own head yeah, um, and we start to think about the impact on, mm-hmm. on others, you know, no matter what level of pain and, and, you know, worry that we have is that without a doubt, um, you know, suicide leaves uh, trauma for others to have to unpack and work through. It's mm-hmm. incredibly painful. You have to have faith also that you have still have more to give, not more to do more to give at some point. So think about, I mean, I want everyone to understand this and every op it's an opportunity. Every day is an opportunity. And every time you get hit, you like hit right in the face and the universe brings you to your knees and you have to surrender. Like you got to surrender, like let go, but don't let go in that way. You let go of what you're harboring and what you're carrying to that situation. Then you look back and, and look at the decisions and choices that led you to this moment. And this is what pisses me off when I talk to people that they go, well, this is the reason why this happened. No, that's not the reason why it happened. That's just the cause and effect from all the decisions and choices that you made that put you in this freaking situation. You got to hold yourself accountable, man. You can't just tell me, oh, this is the business and I lost it all like right here. I was talking to a good friend of mine that, you know, he's lost close to over $100 million and everyone thinks that happened overnight to him. It didn't happen overnight. It was a lot of decisions and choices that led him to that. It took him years to lose all that money. But then only way for him to be able to gain it back, he had to take inventory and he had to lean into the adversity and be like, all right, here's the decisions and choices and some of the behaviors that led me to this moment. And then you're going to really dig in deep and that no one can do that for you. You can seek help and advice, but you can't, you get at some point that accountability needs to be there. Wouldn't you agree? No, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, for me, again, going back to that story, the, the, the burnout to, to some extent was caused, you know, not just by the hard work. So that's part of the story that I tell, but mm-hmm. it was because I didn't, I, I wasn't thinking ahead. I wasn't thinking bigger. I was thinking, okay. you know, checking out. Right. So, so that was part of, like you said, the, the years of accumulation um, and the, the telling yourself the actual truth, like getting honest with yourself and, and mm-hmm. taking that, personal inventory of the decisions I've made. And look, we all make dumb decisions. Oh right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah. Um, and, and that's, again, that's just part of being human on, on planet earth. And then the, the challenge is to continue to learn and to grow and we're not finished products. Um, and, and for those of us, those of all of us, like I can't imagine the people are listening to, to the show who don't have a desire to like enrich themselves and, and be better. Yeah, they wouldn't be listening to the show, right? Yeah. So, and I love that you said that in your messages. I mean, you're, what he's talking about is vision. You got to visualize, right? You got to visualize before you can actually do it. You got change, vision, impact. Look at the impact you're going to make. So, what is the what is the impact that I want to make, and what is the possible amount of impact that I'm going to make? with these decisions and choices that I'm making currently right now from what I'm visualizing. That's the beautiful part about life is that, yeah, I might start today where I don't want to be right? because you don't want to be there because you're striving for more, but I'm going to lean into adversity and go through my day and, and make sure that I'm growing through my day to end up where I couldn't even imagine that I would end up being. And that's the inspiration part that pulls. Would you agree? Cause I heard that in your message and I, 
we I swear, man, I really love your content because I, I, I resonate with it because there's a there's a methodical approach to it and a systematic approach, but that system works because that inspiration will drive you and pull you. It's like literally like a magnet on your chest and it yanks you to it. Like, I don't know where I'm going and I don't know what I'm doing. I just know that these I'm, I'm, I'm aligned. So I'm, I'm, I'm allowing myself to be pulled by my inspiration and driving me. Cause I'm, I'm obviously have intention and purpose behind what I'm doing. So what does that mean to you in a way that I just kind of described it? And can you explain that kind of crazy to the listeners? So no, <laughs> they can that's... understand it from your, you know, you being a doc and obviously you have a lot of experience in this game. Um, I love that word inspiration. Uh, and and to, to think about it a little bit with you, um, there's a word hope, mm-hmm. right? And, and hope has built into it the possibility of failure, right? So, so if you knew you were going to achieve something, you wouldn't be hoping, right? You would just be knowing that you're going to achieve it. So Good point. hope has the possibility of failure attached to it. Inspiration has possibility, which also has some failure built in, but it's inspiration is possibility with an invincible mindset that you can achieve that. So when mm-hmm. you get that feeling of inspiration, and I um, took that definition from someone's book, I think it's called Dare to Inspire, but it's pos- uh, inspiration is possibility with an invincible belief that you can achieve what you're going after. And that's that feeling in your chest that you say just kind of pulls you forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so the inspiration for me became one day I had been um, listening to Peter Diamandis talking about, you know, exponential stuff. Like, you know, if you keep doubling things, like you um, very quickly start to get to, to a part of a curve that that's kind of straight up. Um, 100%. Growth. And I was thinking, you know, if I touch two people's lives and, and they touch two people's lives and they touch two people's lives. That's collective a lot yeah. of people out yeah. there that they get to, so so what would be the message that I would want to you know start to spread out there? And it's one of the the leadership messages for me is you know help more people to help more people. Let's just kind of spread that word. Help more people to help more people. And if we touch those lives, that's how we change the world. And that's my inspiration now. It's like you know I I think we can change the world if we help people to focus on themselves, help more people to help more people. And then the the, the simple message of you're not alone. There's hope, and change wow. is possible. Right. It- it is possible. Anything's possible if you can visualize anything. You know, like what go back inside. Have you ever thought I know you have your Facebook group and the things that you do, one-on-one coaching, and also all the things that you're I guess beta testing and, and going through and trying to figure out what you were trying to build completely. And maybe that comes by the level of impact that you're making in certain areas. And okay, how could I bottle it up and it's a compound effect effect to that? And I agree with that message because sometimes when you're making impact, you don't understand the collective impact you're making. And that can catapult your results and, and change the whole narrative, change the way that you're looking at a situation. And you have your group. Have you ever thought about launching a podcast show? I, I have. So I've got, you know, in in my in my um, 
pipeline, you know, things mm -hmm. like podcasts and, and books and, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And here's what's interesting. So in, in my growth, that they just kind of help people understand like how people change and a 12 year runway, right? A 12 year plan to get yeah. something together right. a lot, right? Like, Oh my God, like you're a slow learner. Um, no, it's uh, not. But people go through four decades and not doing shit. <laughs> but the, the fact is that over the four, the, the 12 years, I've tried a bunch of different things that each got me a, a new piece of knowledge uh, about oh, like myself, what I like, what I don't. Um, it's been learning and growing, and, and the the whole basis of it has been to enjoy the ride, like to have fun. So as I'm getting now into you know year twelve, um, two business questions that you know always boggle my mind are like, who's your customer, and what problem are you solving for them? You know, how are you helping them? What are you doing? And uh, I often feel like um. Uh, a truck full of water and it's like i could do so much you know for any customer i can like water their lawn i can wash their windows i can you know fill right. them up. I can too fill accessible them up. yeah um but i gotta like niche it down niche it down what uh i've wanted to work with are entrepreneurs and, and it's entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs i think uh by their nature are hungry to learn mm -hmm. and and to change well the good ones at least at least <laughs> <laughs> That the successful ones, right? And mm -hmm. I think that entrepreneurs um, have platforms within their company, within their circles of influence. Um, so this is a group that I can work with and, and I have a desire to work with. And what's the problem that I can solve for them? I think it's the other side of success. The other side of success is you know all that stuff that comes that we don't talk about that goes along with success burnout trauma addiction mental health issues right mm. um people as they get to certain levels and, and you're a great example of this chris you know you know the the level of introspection that that you've had to do and you know to get bigger at what you do you've really had to go deeper with what yeah. you know about your layers yeah so, i appreciate you, know, you saying that yeah but yeah. yes yeah. You, you have to take really take a hard look inside internally in your internal dialogue and put together and puzzle that together and put, the, I guess, the puzzle together in your in internal dialogue to ensure that you can, in, I guess you would say, embrace yourself of the impact you're going to get from the in, external world. Yeah. Because externally, I'm not going to be affected by this. This is just situations, whatever that, whatever that might be to, to that's going to come and try to penetrate my internal dialogue. I can control that. Yeah. People think that they can't control. You can't control what you can't control, but I can control this. Yeah. You can't penetrate this because I built those barriers of those boundaries around it. It's like a freaking fortress. <laughs> Good luck. But that goes through trials and tribulations and going through trauma and addiction and I was addicted to success as much as I was addicted to all the other things in my life. Right. And I was bought into the identity of being successful. I was projecting out into the universe. Everything's good because I was making good amount of money, you know, living in a really nice house, having that, you know, having from the outside looking in, I had the life that everybody else wanted, but I was freaking miserable. I was miserable. So I was living, I wasn't living my life. 
And how did you get out of that, Chris? So, so what was oh, your story in terms of like, you know? um, Yeah, it was uh, the well, I was fortunate that the universe kind of forced me to and brought me to my knees at that moment. You know what I mean? Always, and, right. Yeah. So, and I took that opportunity, and I didn't blink. I didn't, you know, you know, a lot of people that sit down and they. I guess you would say maybe it was just the impact of the external world that put me in that situation where I didn't have enough time to think I had to react and fight back and fighting back was something different than the way that I've ever fought before. The way that I had to fight back, I, didn't, I couldn't use my mind anymore. I had to use my intuition and I was not aligned enough to really listen to that calm and pure voice until I started to calm down. Right. and. My back was against the wall, man. And I looked at my life and was like, okay, first things first, what are the decisions and choices that led me to this moment? This isn't the person or whoever, right? Whatever the situation is, they didn't put me here. I put me here. Yes, there's two sides and three sides every story, and they might be have actions and inactions that put me here, the cause and effect from it. But did I, did I put, did I recreate my own trauma? Did I put myself in this situation? Did allowed and made myself vulnerable enough to allow that to happen to me? And yes, 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 yes. So I stopped searching for, I guess you would say the no's in life. I started looking for all the yeses of all the things that I was doing wrong. I was like, shit. <laughs> all right well i can't obviously luckily for myself at the time i was already four years sober you know and i didn't have that as a crutch anymore in my life you know or you could easily spiral out of control but i knew that i had a lot of people counting on me and one person particularly that was a infant that wasn't was counting on me because i i was i refused to allow that situation and current events to dictate my life and the the opinion of the daughter that I was a, was an infant, her opinion of me was the most important thing. I'm not going to sit there and say, and 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 something happened to me, and just imagining, I imagine a thought in my mind of her being 40 years old, and I don't get emotion, 40 years old, and and saying something negative about her father. I was like, that's not going to happen, and I jumped right up. So I was like, I went from why me to try me now. Not try me, everybody, or the situation. I'm talking about me. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to allow this to happen. I'm going to do everything in my own frame, of, of my own will, my own needs. I, I was playing infinite game, but I was like, okay, I'm only playing a finite game with myself. I, 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 I had to dig so deep that... that I started to realize that like shit, none of this stuff that, that I value is serving my life at all. And I was like, well, well, this doesn't mean anything, you know, like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? Why am I doing? So I stopped really like digging into that's that why piece, but I went to the try. So I started, I need to try something different. Right. So once I was able to see some type of movement and some type of improvement in those changes, then it got, gave me more motivation. It gave me like I was inspired. I was getting pulled. I was like, okay, this now this makes more sense. Then I started shedding layers, man. 
And those layers that I was shedding was baggage that I was carrying to try to get to another level. I was like, oh, shit. I was on to something. <laughs> I was like, all right. Well, because you remember, there's that book. Because I think it's Dr. Burns. Like, what got you here won't get you there. Well, I was carrying all this shit with me thinking it was going to get me to where I needed to go. But where I needed to go is not making money anymore because I've already. Yeah, that's the easy part. If you're paying attention. Then I, I was carrying all this baggage with me. And it wasn't my baggage to carry, man. It wasn't even mine. So I was like, well, all right, well, what do I do now? So now obviously putting in the work and you're looking at now over a year later, I'm meeting people like you. I mean, and and only people that I'm attracted to and I'm getting pulled towards in the universe are people that are in that way of thinking. I don't attract, I'm telling you, I don't attract though, like negative thinkers. They don't enter, they they see the frequency and they know that energy and they don't want to mess with the energy because they know they can't withstand the impact that they're going to have to embrace it. Cause I'm going to polarize right through it. I mean, how much do you, are you conscious of that? When you have people come into your office, or you in, in your, I don't know, in just you're in your surroundings, are you conscious of the energy that people put out? And you know that that's the person of influence or the person that you need to communicate with. I can feel it from people. Without them even saying anything, just maybe by the way they walk into the room. Is it something the way that you look at and identify as well? To some extent, I mean, you you start to, to form the relationship the the second that you lay eyes on them and they lay eyes right. on you and, and you're, you know, gathering data. Um, in in my line of work, I, I uh, work hard to not form... Uh, uh, an initial impression that uh, I hold on to tightly because, you know, I, I don't know what's underneath. I don't know what's showing up. Um, like, I didn't know that was going to escalate that quickly. You know, and that, yeah, you don't get shot. Okay. Get it. Go ahead. Spin. Well, and, you know, um, approaching things uh, in, in a way that I can be most helpful when I'm at my best, I'll, I'll tell you the story. When I was a resident um, in, in, psychiatry we would take call and it wasn't unusual that we would you know work an entire day then you would go on call and you would have calls all night long to, to go to the emergency room to evaluate someone who um, had 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 a psychotic break or was mm-hmm. manic or uh, was intoxicated or was suicidal or had tried to commit to it so all night long we would be getting those calls we would be getting calls to the, the mental health unit. You know, uh, a patient couldn't sleep, had spiked a fever, you know, uh, was getting agitated. Uh, we'd get calls to the whole hospital for patients who were having psychiatric issues. And we were the person on call. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of the night, you know, the, the scenario in the emergency room would be that it was a f- super busy emergency room. It was right on 95 um, in Richmond. Uh, so it was a major trauma center. So they were getting, you know, people from terrible car accidents and, and bad medical emergencies. The, the ER would just be like hopping all the time. And the people who were working there would get mad at patients who had intentionally tried to kill themselves, right? So yeah. um, there's all these tragedies they're dealing with and someone shows up, you know, they're busy and they're trying to save the life of someone who like just intentionally tried to kill themselves. So those patients were um, hard for them to cope with. I would be called in to see them. And, mm. and often- It makes, makes more sense. Why, why do you think that's a stigma on that? Is it like they have a choice and then they try to- 
in themselves and they're like, oh, I don't really want to help yeah, so, that patient. So, I mean, I think it's just human nature, right? So okay, you're, you're taking care of a family that was in a terrible car accident and like you have to call their you know, mom to say, you know, everyone's like in the ER. Um, but then I'd go to see the patient and the patient would be angry and combative and, and spitting at you and just not cooperating with the evaluation. And you're tired. And this is like the fifth patient like this you've dealt with. It's easy to like meet them where they're at. Like, like you know, stop giving me a hard time. If you want to get out of here, you have to talk to me. What, what I found to be most helpful was to like take a step back and ask, you know, who are you? Like, yeah. tell me about your childhood. You know, where'd you grow up? Who raised you up? What was growing up like for you? And if I could engage with um, an understanding of who they were as a person, and you know, it would help me to like deal with whatever was happening up front. You know, the the behavior um, mm. so much easier, and then to, to form a relationship. Right. But you, in, can't, you can't you can't communicate that, that someone's ego. Yeah. It, you can't. So you have to connect. And that's where you're talking about. Go ahead and expand. Love yeah, so I, I always leave room for, for you know, deeper understandings and, and deeper knowledge of someone over time and whatever is showing up, you know, the the armor that someone is showing, the mm -hmm. mask that they're showing, you know, whatever it is. And sometimes people are very happy to unmask. Um, and, and sometimes people keep that mask and they just want me to deal with one part of their life and one part of their problem. Yeah, you can't do that. I'm like, I'm like, Hey, I'm like your whole, your whole vehicle is shot and you want me to fix your, you want me to change your tires. Hey, and you know, I can't, I can't force someone to, to want to fix the vehicle. Right? That's good. So, and that's, and that's a lot of people they don't understand. They try to force people to do something they don't yeah. want to do. So it's, it's really, you know, at their discernment, I can point out, hey, you know what, there may be some, you know, deeper things you want to take a look at and people are ready or they're not. I can help with one piece, you know, if there's anxiety or depression, um, but then there's no judgment. You know, I can shine a flashlight and say, look over here and what do you see? And what, <laughs> you know, what, what, what do you think could, could be, you know, different here? And if people don't want to look, they don't want to look. I can still do my work. But that's the exciting part about, you know, developing a program with people who are coming to me specifically because they want to yes. you know, your, know your buyer, know, know your audience. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So going on a little bit more like, so that makes it so much easier because you know, they want to be there for your help and your services. And they, they're there specifically for what you do, not what you want to do what you do very well. So, yeah, so that's, that's the fun and exciting part. And, and it's really then also about helping them to be more impactful um, yeah. mm -hmm. in their lives. And, 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 you know, it, it's just a, uh, it's a wonderful thing when we see people make changes, transform, learn and grow um, like you. Right. So <laughs> the, whole, the whole energy that, that we're able to, you know, help with and, and, it, it makes a big difference in the long run. That's the exponential. Let's help more people to help more people. Um, I want to touch on one thing. I'm just morally curious. And I wrote it down when you were talking, I think it was about halfway into this. How? What is your take on, say, for instance, you have two parties, okay? And two parties potentially came into the world and they met each other where they are, where, where they were at that time. And potentially 
those energies, intuition, or whatever it might be, whatever you believe in the world, they brought to each other at a moment at a time. They had a good time while, until that moment or until a little bit later on in life. And then they grew apart and then they separated or whatever that might have been. So say, for instance, you have your opinion, because I know I what I believe in and what I know about science, that there's three conversations. You got an egotistical conversation going on, the emotional conversation that's going on. Then you have the, you know, the, um, uh, I kind of lost my point of view conversation going on. So a lot of times what I'm seeing in, in, in not putting myself, I'm talking about somebody, just two other parties. I'm just trying to make an example. They're stuck in that point of view. And from their point of view, they come up with their own, I guess, story in their mind of what happened from their own perception. Okay. So here's where I, and here's an, this is an area of opportunity I wanted to ask. And, and I was like, damn, I'm just more like curious. And I know what I feel about it and what I know for sure about science, but it's different for every, every individual. I always learn something new. That's what I love about science. When say some friends, they telling themselves a story so much, they end up believing that it's true all the way down to the subconscious have a strong conviction. What is it when you're, you know, obviously what you do for a living, if they believe a story in their narrative to be so freaking vividly true, but it never even happened. How do you, what is the best way for you to, to handle that type of situation with the, with the party? <laughs> That's so interesting. Um, so, so let's look at a continuum. Okay. All right. So, so at one end of the continuum, we have people who have a delusional disorder, right? Yes. They have an illness, um, and part the, the definition of an uh, of a delusion is that it's a fixed false belief that no matter how much evidence you show someone, they will not believe it. So all those fallacies. I mean, how if they can't see it and visualize it. If they're delusional, you can't give them because they're sick, right? So, so they just can't. So that's that's one end of the continuum that we can't impact. We just have to understand that. Mm -hmm. So, what's what's a kind of you know a, a classic uh, delusion? Um, you know, someone's out to get me, uh, mm -hmm. and and you can tell a story about you know I walked down the street and there's a car and they were looking at me a little funny and then a little further up the street they sent a message to you know this person who was walking by me who looked at me a little bit funny and and you're like well couldn't those just be coincidences like you know sometimes people yeah, are funny and they're like no nope. <laughs> it happens to me all the time doc right so right. there's delusions and and that's hard cuz if they're coming to you for help because people are like messing with them or it can get bad enough that, you know, they'll accost someone on the street, right? You know, stop looking at me funny. Or I'm going to punch you in the face and, you know, <laughs> okay, and, yeah. and they're in, in the ER or the or jail or whatever. So, so that's one level. Like we can't impact that except to understand that as an illness. Okay. At another level is, you know, kind of um, me lying to myself. Right. So, um, uh, uh, a story where I can um, tell myself a story is, you know, I go home and, and I drink to um, unwind and it's not causing anybody a problem and it helps me to unwind so I can go back to work tomorrow. And then my wife says, you know, like 
we don't get to talk to you. You're not mm-hmm. interested in what's going on with anybody else. And I'm like, you know, why are you getting on my case? Like, yeah, <laughs> just unwinding. Um, so, so like, I'm having 15 martinis. It's all good. <laughs> I'm a lot more fun when, you know, I'm uh, like, um, so, so that's a story where, you know, I'm lying to myself. Yes. Right? Okay. All uh, right. And then in the middle is, you know, the, the messy part of being humans where we, um, will oftentimes be inflexible in our ability to see other people's points of views. And, and, you know, my story is true for me, but I'm only seeing part of the story for me. And, and, you know, someone else's story that I'm engaged with is true for them, but they're only seeing. So we're, we're kind of missing each other. We're starting from different sets of assumptions and, um, you know, the, the challenge of being able to, to say, you know, we've talked about this. I've been open. You've been giving me feedback and I hear your feedback and I see from your point of view how it is. But I, I still believe what I think, you know, to, to have that mental flexibility where we can actually um, be in a position to hold multiple points of view and be willing to give ours up is really hard. Um, okay. So morally in your, in your opinion, it's the lack of mental flexibility that is, I guess you would say affecting them to really look at another way of like looking at life or another perspective, another point of view. Yeah. It's one of the, you know, cognitive biases that, that we tend to have. We all have them, right? So, um, so I have them every day. Um, and, and how do I try to uh, uh, avoid it? And, and you know, to whatever level I'm able to do that is to try to be more mentally flexible, question my assumptions. What am I missing? Um, mm-hmm. Am I holding on to a belief? You know, I'm right, you're wrong, um, too strongly. Um, okay. And that's and that can that's another form of, pe- of leading people down the path of burning out. Would you agree? Tell me about that. What do you mean? So say, for instance, if someone's in that traumatic experience or someone's stuck in their own story or going through whatever, they're a little bit more, I guess you would say, vulnerable to burn themselves out because they're focusing on the wrong things. And all they're doing is they're trying to work it out in their own mind and they're working it out in their own situation. Yeah. And they burn out in that situation. I mean, it doesn't mean just work. Right. But burnout, you can burn out in other part of your life. And that's where I think a lot of people don't understand. Yep. So the, the, the pieces that you're putting together there are focusing on something that you don't have any control over. Yes. Right. Like what someone else thinks, like we have zero. I say, I appreciate your judgment and I move on. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Um, Obsessing, um, trying to figure out how to have control of something that you can't control, right? Mm -hmm. No autonomy there. No, no focus on myself. Yeah. Um, and then that, that feeling of, of powerlessness and, and depletion as you know, you're, you're basically hitting your head against the wall, right? (laughs) (laughs) Hoping that wall's going to break and and not having the flexibility to say, now, if I just say that one extra thing, if I just give you one more piece of evidence, I know I can get you to see things my way. Uh, right. Have you ever seen, and I pulled myself or removed myself from a lot of situations, but I actually seen this happen. And, uh, and, and someone asked my advice on this because they have impasse. And you have, you know, a lot of people, you see a lot of this stuff. It talks about narcissism, um, co- different types of levels of this 
especially covert ones, you can't, you don't really identify until it's too late and like, bam, you're there. So, but I think the whole thing that everyone is actually lacking in life, don't worry about any of that type of stuff. If you're aligned on who you are and you say what you're going to do and you do it and you communicate with the purest intentions at heart, you're not going to fail. Would you say that that's true? Um, yeah. I, mean, I, I still think that life can throw us a curveball. Like, yeah, okay. So, but what I'm saying, yeah, I know I get your point, and I'm glad that you answered that way. But I'm saying, like, but that general, would be the best way. That would be the best way to approach. Yeah, that I, mean, I guess the only way to really do it. And yeah, if it does throw you a curveball, it does throw you a curveball. But you're in a better position if you're in that frame of thinking. If your frame of thinking is focusing on yourself, your area that you're empowered to make impact, and then you've got okay. the um, consistent effort in that direction. Um, you know, it, it's uh, you're likely going to be successful. So the story I tell, I live in New York and I say, you know, back in the day before we had cars, like if you <laughs> journey to California, mm. you just said, I'm going to head, head west every day. I'm going to head west. Um, you know, it's impossible not to hit that goal, barring, you know, death or something like that. Right. So uh, as, as long as you keep heading west and your intention is and you but what happens is that people start to head west and then they like like, well, you know, I like that that thing that's going on south for me. Let me let me head south for a little bit. And it's like, right, oh, yeah. you know what? I don't like south. I'm going to go north. So so we lose our direction um, mm -hmm. or we we just talk about heading west and like yeah one of these days i'm going to head west you know it's probably going to be tomorrow and, and we don't do anything about it we never take that first step in the direction that that we say we're going to do um we just dream and talk and and don't take action so we need uh, we i know i'm laughing i know i'm laughing but i don't want to cut you off but go ahead I, I, you made you said something and i thought of a memory and i started busting out i'm sorry but go yeah. ahead I, I, remind me to share okay <laughs> we need the vision and we need the action be in the direction right oh shit. So, so tell me <laughs> i'm so sorry that was so i don't if that doesn't happen often but i couldn't stop myself from laughing that's great tell me i actually had a I actually had an experience in life someone was like wow this is going to be an amazing sunset it's you know from this view I was like, well, and I, and I, you know, I'm probably military, so I kind of know when the sun comes up and when the sun goes down. <laughs> like, well, you keep looking over there, waiting for the sun to come down. It's never going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'll come up over there, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. That, that let alone, yeah. I didn't know how to really say what I said, but I was kind of like, I guess it, it was <laughs> the only way, I guess that you could look at that with life and people looking at life completely wrong and then they go oh That's that right. doesn't make any that makes more sense right right then you go back and look at all the decisions and choices that you made up until that moment and you're like Whew. and that's probably keeping data simple i think that's something that you mentioned a lot yeah yeah keep it simple um you know, what do I do? What do I need to do more of? What do I need to do less of? What do I need to start doing? What do I need to stop doing? Mm -hmm. Wow. This has been a really impactful conversation. And our last conversation was fun. And I reflected back on that a few times. And a couple of days after we, we had a conversation and I knew that this would be a, an amazing opportunity for us to 
capture some moments and capture some, you know, data, capture some, you know, content, but not just that, just the message behind what you're saying, because I think that what makes you so approachable and so impactful is that you have overcome all this adversity, especially with your sister. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to even try to attempt on an understanding why I meet the people that I need to meet. But if, if I don't, then I know I'm doing something wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I don't, if I don't have an, like when we had a conversation, like sometimes when I get connected by it with someone, I only interview people that I'm connected through referrals. I don't do interviews by, Hey, I want to go on your show. Like, uh, no, I don't know you yet. So, I mean, put in the work, I will we'll be attracted and someone will connect me to you. You know, that's how I look at it because this podcast and you know what we do here. I owe it to my listeners to to bring on the the right people they need to hear. I don't care if it's a girl, guy, freaking monkey. I don't care. I mean, if it's got a way to relate to them and bring them something that they could potentially change their life or help them and serve them in any capacity, then that's that's what the whole show is about. It's the win-win effect. And I, I really think you need your own show, Doc. You need your show. You need a show. No, that's you get a beautiful awesome. message. Great. Beautiful message. Um, anything you would like to add that we haven't unpacked up until this point? Now, this has been um, a, a, just a delight and a pleasure for me, Chris, um, interacting, talking, getting to know you better um, in, in this way. Uh, and, and I just appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, you know, kind of spread a message that's important to me. Um, so thank you so much. It's my pleasure. It's literally my pleasure. And it would, I'll be doing the marketplace and I would do with our listeners a, a a disservice if I didn't have you come on and share some of your insights and the ways that you're doing, you know, beautiful things. And I, and I love the message behind any attention behind it. And that's what makes it so genuine and pure to me. It's like a beacon light, man. Like when you're, when people are aligned, there's nothing more powerful and nothing more beautiful to watch when someone's soul's on fire. I like that image. It's beautiful. Like, it's like you're giving off an aura. <laughs> of you is like and like like we were i don't know if it's david chappelle it's david chappelle is like talk about rick james walking it's like he had a he had an orange aura and i think i heard alan iverson talk about that with um michael jordan of his acceptance speech in the hall of fame he's like michael jordan had an aura around him <laughs> and sometimes you can truly see energy yeah. if you're patient well if not we say patient but if you're present enough to be able to take it in and understand and embracing that energy. But if you can't embrace it and sustain that energy, then it's just going to go right through you and you're going to, you're going to shy away from it at some point. So that's, that's a story arc that, that is one for everybody to think about. It's like, you know, years ago, um, you know, trauma, addiction, depression, burnout. I was running around like a man with his hair on fire. Um, and, and now my soul's on fire. Right. So, mm -hmm. so, <laughs> What, what that's a good some work that's a painting for you right there. Yeah. We get someone to paint that. I think it could happen. I'm like, I don't have any hair anymore. <laughs> My soul's on fire. Though. Soul's on fire. That's right. Yeah, that's right, man. But I, I appreciate you coming on. That really does mean a lot to me. I look forward to, you know, maybe we'll do a live together, a QA, or we let's just get together more and let's do some things, man. Anything that I can do for you, just please let me know. But I, I know it's kind of it, I you hear a lot of people say that, but it's true. Like anything, like I'm an open book. Anything that anybody, maybe past guests, 
that you have seen me interview or people you've seen me interact with and you would like, and you think your message aligns with their message and what you want to obviously put out, just let me know and I'll be happy. Sounds to, great. Okay. But doc, any, any last words? That's it. Good, good conversation. I yeah. Like always, it. always. All right, guys, y'all be well, be safe, be you take care just go win. That's what it's all about. Winning is your own way of you taking inventory in your life and what's serving you is not serving you. Winning is not one of those things that just, I won my day or I'm winning my year. I'm winning my life. There's no medals at the end of this shit. Okay. It's about how you feel and what you're doing and what you're putting out and serving others. And you talked about that abundant life. And I love that, man, because it's a beautiful message. But guys, y'all take care. Be well, be you, be great. Peace out.